Hello everybody and welcome to the Cane and Rinse podcast. It's volume 9, issue 479. Today we're going to talk about Yakuza 2 and its extreme makeover, Yakuza Kiwami 2. Joining me, Leon Cox, in issue 479 are Brian Edwards. Hello, hello. Leah Haydu. Nani. And Mikhail Groda. Kiryu-chan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not bad. I always say that. Not bad. Good job. Keep working on those impressions. <laughs> I like it when you bring them along. So yeah, Like a Dragon 2. Ryuga Gotoku 2. Also Yakuza 2. It is a third person crime fiction melodrama absurdist romance bromance soap opera RPG brawler with mini games sequel. <laughs> I think. You never doubt it's covers the... it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We're, I mean, the minigames cover a lot of area themselves, but uh, we'll we'll get into some of those if we played any of them. Uh, the second entry, of course, into the Mainline series and its 2017 Extreme remake. We've already covered Yakuza 0, which we decided to do first as it was the prequel and kind of gets you off onto, uh, onto the path of the crazy, wacky world of Yakuza. Uh, and then we did... Yakuza 1 and Kiwami, and now here we are with the next one. Developed by Sega, of course, the original. Well, the director was uh, Ryuta Ueda, who had previously worked on Panzer Dragoon's Vi and Panzer Dragoon Saga, uh, two games that we've had many requests to cover, and maybe we shall someday. Uh, also Jet Set Radio. And the producer, Masayoshi Kikuchi, worked on the same games. Uh, also... The coders, Tetsuya, uh, Tetsuya Kaku, was from the Virtual Fighter series, which, of course, this game shares some DNA with. Also, F-Zero AX and GX. Yeah. Possibly Mikhail's favorite, favoritist racing game of all time. Mm. Uh, that's a good one. <laughs> and also on the coding was uh, Koji Tokieda from the Super Monkey Ball mini and party games. One of the lead artists is Daisuke Sato a veteran of Sega going all the way back to uh, Fantasy Star Online. Uh, no, earlier than that, in fact, even Virtua Fighter 3 and Scud Race and Daytona 2 and Spike Out uh, and lots of big Sega titles. Kiwami 2, which is the remake was built in the Dragon Engine, previously used in Yakuza 6, The Song of Life, and Yakuza Kiwami. So the developer then is now named Ryuga Gotoku Studio, and the director is now Hiroyuki Sakamoto. The game was released originally on the PS2 in Japan, December 2006, and arrived almost two years later around the rest of the world, September 2008. So it was a pretty late PS2 release over here. The PS3 got an HD sort of, re not even a remaster, just a kind of upscale of the PS2 game in Japan only in November 2012 and then the wii u also got that as it's a one and two compilation as i recall one and two hd again japan only i think uh, august 2013 ps4 version kiwami came out as i say december 2017 the rest of the world uh, on ps4 was august 2018 pc version arrived in may 2019 and the xbox one version arrived in july 2020 not that long ago at all. Less than a year at the time of recording. Still on uh, Game Pass, I believe, isn't it? 
They, they all are, I think. They all yeah. are. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're all currently occupying a lot of space on my hard drive, and I refuse yeah. to, to, to delete them. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, uh, if you are listening to this contemporaneously, uh, you can, and you have an Xbox Game Pass, you can get into the series for free. I'd probably still recommend starting with Zero, but uh, Yakuza Kiwami 2 has often been cited as kind of one of the ones where the, yeah, like, uh, the the series kind of found itself anyway. That's uh, it's, uh, what a few of our correspondents say anyway. Kanlich or Kanlik from the forum says, Yakuza Kiwami 2 is a difficult game for me to wrap my arms around. The updated Dragon Engine from Yakuza 6 breathed new life in this remake. Exploring Kamarocha without loading screens, halting the moment-to-moment gameplay was a dream. I spent the first few hours walking through office spaces, amused that I can take the fire escape and the elevator. That's next-gen gaming. <laughs> the glow-up the combat system received was a welcome addition. Punches and kicks realistically tracked to their targeted skulls and delivered their intended fractures with a satisfying crunch. Each attack smoothly transitioned to the next, an improvement to the stiff set animations from previous entries. A special shout-out to the contextualised heat actions. It never got old getting a pair of leeks tossed your way from a local chef <laughs> mid-combat to slap a thug upside the head or to have a local pedestrian kick a Yakuza in the family jewels for the inconvenience of bumping into them mid-fight. The reviews for the original Yakuza 2, Metacritic was my resource for this one. It's got a 77. Kiwami 2, 85 on Metacritic and 86 on OpenCritic. User reviews-wise, for the original PS2 game, we've got 8.7 on Metacritic and IMDb, and Kiwami 2... Metacritic 8.3, Push Square 8.7, and IMDb 8.9. It's pretty well liked overall. Sales-wise, don't have really detailed figures, the usual caveats about digital sales and all that, but uh, some numbers I could find. Yakuza 2, around 900,000 units sold. Kiwami 2, around 370,000 units sold. Can't give you any more detail than that. We'll issue a spoiler warning at this point because... This game is, uh, it's about a lot of things. It's got a lot of story. And in a moment, uh, once we talked about some other elements, I'm going to ask the panel here to explain everything about what happened in this story. <laughs> I think there uh, was to... a plan, but then that plan was somebody else's plan all along. But then that was part of somebody else's plan all along. I think that's, okay. uh, that's some yeah. setup. Yeah. Okay, right. But don't forget all the, the fact that everyone's connected in some way. Yeah. Usually by DNA. <laughs> we'll go, we'll come back to this, uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's give our histories with uh, Yakuza Two and or Kiwami Two, whichever we've played, how much we've played it, etc. The usual stuff. Was anyone even super hyped for this and pre-ordered or anything like that? Brian, can you remember back? Um, so the, my history might be a little bit more than what you uh, asked for, uh, Leon, but I I've only okay. played any Yakuza games in the last calendar year. Mm. Um, I got Yakuza Zero up, 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 close to launch because I remember getting pretty hyped by review coverage, and I bounced off it about as hard as you could bounce off a game. I just didn't okay. get it. I didn't understand. Like I didn't know what I was doing. The mm. sub stories didn't in quotes give me anything. You know, I was trying mm. to play it like a traditional RPG, and and I just I, it wasn't wrapping around it. But anyway, um, I w- was very lucky to be able to snag a pre pre order for an Xbox Series X, but the only pre order I got was a bundle that came with Like a Dragon and Gears Tactics. So I just kind of got my Series X, and the first game I put into it was Yakuza Like a Dragon, and I just 
and then, you know, about 90 hours later, I woke up, you know, kind of in a daze. Like, I just, I fell in love with that game, just, just yeah. head over heels. Mm-hmm. And so the first game I ever completed was, uh, in the Yakuza series, was Like a Dragon. So at that point, I said, I must have been missing the mark on Zero. I don't know what I did wrong. I went back, and then uh, Zero and Kiwami and every other Yakuza game became available on Game Pass. Right. So I think I might be the one of the few people on Earth that have played only Xbox versions of Yakuza games. <laughs> like, I've, right. ne- I've never completed a Yakuza game on anything else. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so I, I tore through Zero, and I played Kiwami 1, and then um, when there was a spot open uh, for the show, because I wasn't on any of the shows for the previous, for Zero or, or 1, um, I kind of prioritized uh, uh, Yakuza uh, Kiwami 2 as the next game I was going to play. So I played through that in the month of May and um, and just kind of clocked it in that time period. So uh, relatively brief history for a, for a relatively longer franchise. Uh, Mikhail, now those who listen to our Yakuza 1 show will possibly recall that you were the, the purist and you played the PS2 original. Mm. And if people are aware of you on the internet, they may know that you played the PS2 version of this as well. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, it wasn't even a pure purest thing, but uh, but it, uh, at the time I played the original, I don't think Kiwami was even out yet. So yeah, I just right. uh, started there. It was still during the PS3 days, so I think uh, Yakuza 4 or 5 was the, the last one that had come out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they they keep on coming out, taking fast. They and, do. <laughs> um, yeah, so I remember uh, when I got the first Yakuza, I was looking in uh, secondhand game stores as well uh, to get a copy of number two. And it took me a little bit longer to get one uh, because by the time I started looking, it wasn't so common anymore. It was mm. a very late uh, PS2 release, like yeah. you said earlier. Like I think the PS3 was already out uh, for yeah, two was. years when it uh, when it came out here, mm. and uh, I eventually just uh, talked to people at the game store and they sourced it from another branch or something like that, you know. And they uh, they called me when it came in and I, I picked it up. Um, so uh, fast forward to 2019 winter. Um, where I started my own uh, streaming channel on Twitch, uh, apart from the streaming that I had been doing for Kane Rins at, at that point. And just as a, a sort of a motivator to help me get through other parts of my backlog that don't involve podcasting for Kane Rins. And the first game that I picked to start playing all the way through uh, streaming it was, uh, was Yakuza 2. For two reasons. One, it was near Christmas time, and uh, I know from the first game, which was set around Christmas time, that uh, tied in uh, quite nicely as well. And two, uh, I was supposed to go to a friend's wedding in Japan in April 2020, but that didn't happen, of course. But So I I kind of jokingly Mm. took it as travel preparation as well, you know. (laughs) to prepare for uh for random strangers running up to you in the street and uh having it, to yeah, defend totally. yourself yeah everywhere you go it's 100 percent like that yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so so that's how i started playing it uh the uh the ps2 game yeah and uh yeah i mean I the record is out there great time with it yeah I, of course i streamed it live and then uh, because uh twitch throws away your uh your VODs, I uh, mm. uploaded them uh, to YouTube as well uh, as to, to keep keep an archive. 
that was very useful. Parts is it like two hours each one, something like something that? like that? Yeah, and I think yeah. the uh, the I miserably failed the final boss fight, uh, and I had saved myself into a corner. Or I think no, it was uh, the case that you couldn't save. Uh, you know, if if you if you didn't, uh, there was just no way to save during the final chapter. So yeah, you had to save before the final chapter. So I had to replay. <laughs> I had to replay the final chapter over again. So that basically the the the, the final two two hours, the the final mm. set of two hours is uh, me trying to yeah, yeah get uh, you know trying to retackle the the final chapter again. Mm. Yeah. So that's probably the kind of thing that you can expect not to happen in the Kiwami Two mm. <laughs> remake. Right. Uh, a few quality of life type tweaks and changes. Yeah, Leah, when did you come to Kiwami 2 or 2? I assume it's Kiwami 2 for you. It is. Uh, So I was, I have been on the previous two Yakuza podcasts. And before we started to tackle the Yakuza series for Kanan Rinse, I had actually only played Zero and Kiwami. Uh, and now I have only played Zero, Kiwami, and Kiwami 2. I actually haven't played that many of the Yakuza games, uh, yeah, somewhat same. surprisingly, for as hard as I fell for them. I'm kind of trying to space them out to go along with the podcast now. I'm trying uh, to help with that. Yeah. Yes, I, I appreciate that. Uh, I do have the... the um, versions that came out for the ps4 i did pick uh, before i knew that they were going to be on game pass i picked them up uh for the ps4 so i do already have everything you know it's all lined up i've got it uh but yeah so i actually did not play kiwami 2 until i was playing it for the podcast so i played it uh slightly after brian did because we uh exchanged a lot of all caps messages on slack (laughs) um (laughs) regarding things like tigers getting punched and um (laughs) you know the hostess mini games uh majima construction you know etc etc we'll we'll talk about all that but Mm. um but yeah it was it was probably uh may or late may ish um so yeah and and i i have played the other two games prior to this uh, in the in the series uh, a couple of times and this one i've only played once but i uh well we'll talk we'll talk about my my feelings about it but yeah it's uh it's recent for me as well yeah i i'm in the same boat as leah in that i've really been playing these games for the show not that i didn't want to it's more like the show as indeed how the show came about is partly about getting me to play games that I wasn't getting around to playing for whatever mm. reason. And so here we are. I'm three games in. I played Kiwami 2 on... Uh, I mainly played it on the PS5. Obviously, it's just a PS4 uh, game. It has no particular upgrades for either, uh, for either Pro or PS5. They didn't unlock the frame rate or anything like that. If you do want to play games in, in their kind of... their prettiest shiniest form you can play the pc version of kiwami in 4k and 60 fps plus and and all that kind of thing but uh it was uh the only the only shock of it was because i i always get this really strong urge when i finish a game in a series when i know i'm intending to play the next one to immediately load up the next one just to see kind of how it looks and what changes they've made if anything and the thing that really struck me after going from zero and Kiwami 1 was that this reverts to 30 FPS or, or it does on the it certainly does on the PS4 and I assume the Xbox One 
clients as well. Partly, I think, just because the because the world opened up so much more uh, is far less segmented and compartmentalized. So I think to keep the, the frame rate steady, they had to lock it at 30. But as our correspondent already said there, you can kind of go in and out of buildings without a loading screen and go up and down stairs and, and kind of the, the world is a bit more of an open world. Uh, and as such, I guess that caused that slight limitation. So after that brief uh, sort of readjustment period to the to the 30 fps obviously it's one of those things you acclimatize and then of course after finishing this the other day i immediately uh, loaded up three i've now got all the the rest of the games in the series installed on a on an external drive that i've got plugged into my ps5 and everyone looks really weird and different in, in yakuza <laughs> 3 so we'll talk about that uh, next year but uh, that was a bit of a shock and it's back mm. to 60 fps but uh, but yeah so basically i played this for i don't know best part of Maybe with the Majima Saga, it was over 30 hours. I didn't do tons of the extra side uh, content in terms of the mini games, but I did do every, I think all bar about four of the side quests or the sub stories or whatever you want to call them uh, and played it all the way through on normal. And uh, yeah, didn't have the same final chapter issues as Mikhail, but I suspect that's just because I was hugely over leveled by the end of the game. Let's talk about the visuals, and so it seems to make sense that we talk to Mikhail first, as he's talking about the the previous, previous, previous gen version mm. on the PS2, a late stage PS2 game, as we say. Yeah, uh, I've watched a, a little bit of footage on this. I don't think I ever even actually owned a copy of Yakuza Two on on PS2. I remember it looking appealing at the time mm. in screenshots and and little bits of footage that I saw. Looking at it now after playing the the more recent version, it obviously is showing its age in, in quite a few ways. But uh, but just from your own personal point of view, coming to it late 2019, how did you find it visually held up or you know, did you actually like it? I, I look at things like this always through a bit of a different lens. Uh, you know, I don't go in expecting to see expecting the same kind of uh, visual fidelity as for more modern systems. So well no. I uh, I really loved it actually. I thought it looked amazing. Um, it's um, I think I said this on the uh, Yakuza One show as well. But I think it's there's just a very thick atmosphere to these games on the PS2 uh, to me, where you know there's this the just that the the really that it exemplifies a lot of uh, graphical and art direction of that generation with. Uh, a lot of bloom, a lot of motion blur, a lot of PS2 oh. motion blur, you know. Mm, and, yeah. uh, you know, when when you have things like a rainy scene, for example, uh, with little uh, yeah, little sort of fog uh, forming and that sort of bloomy effect over everything, it, uh, it is a very, very fuzzy, warm, hazy atmosphere to it all uh, that I can really enjoy, especially once again, you know, uh, through uh, the magic of a CRT screen. And um, and then another thing is just like you can't really, despite the older technology, you can't really deny the game its uh, cinematic flair, its cutscene directions, and especially the facial animations are super impressive for the PlayStation Two. Really, right? Yeah, yeah. And so the characters and the acting is, um, despite the uh, yeah sort of uh, more. Uh, Older, older technology in this play is very, uh, very convincing to me. You should play Kiwami too. It's going to blow your mind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm jumping straight into Yakuza Three after this, of course. 
Yeah, which, uh, as I say, is uh, because it was earlier than Kiwami 2, actually, it's less of it's going to be less of a jump from the PS2 visuals because it was the next game in the series kind of thing. But don't worry, uh, I'll, I'll get there. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think the things that strike me when I look at the the PS2 version now compared to having played the modern version is is the stiffness of the animation being uh, much more apparent. Everything looks very that generation in terms of the character's actual movement, and I'm sure for the time, again, it would have been uh, it would have been extremely uh, smooth and and cool looking. But um, but I think. Yeah, I think things have moved on in a way that's actually positive for this kind of genre of game because the the combat and and just the motion of the characters feels looks and feels to me much more fluid than it did back in in 2008. It's not obviously I'm not, you know, criticizing the game that they could make and on the technology back then, but in terms of somebody coming to these games for the first time now, I think uh it would be it would be jarring to go back to the PS2 version for the most part. But of course, you know, we have a very discerning audience, many of many of whom still, you know, like myself, have a PS2 and would be happy to play games on it. So yeah. your your mileage may vary. Definitely. Um, there's also some interesting differences between uh, the original Yakuza 2 and Kiwami in that some scenes are completely changed due to like weather conditions and uh and yeah. time of day and that sort of, sort of thing mm. so there are some uh, really atmospheric like a uh, ri- riverside in Osaka uh scenes with uh, with rainfall and everything and then you know you look at the uh, Kiwami 2 representation yeah the Kiwami 2 representation and then they, yeah it's just set in broad daylight and it's a very That's different odd. I mean uh, the, all the all the story beats are there's no like uh, there's no real time, yeah. so so in Kiwami too. Like there are scenes in the rain at night by the river. They must have just made the made the directorial change. Yeah, to exactly. That's change some sort of directorial change. Yeah. So yeah. Sometimes you just need it to be raining for the drama. Yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. The pathetic yeah. fallacy and all that. Um, <laughs> I think it was. Uh, I think I got those comparisons from that Thor High Heels uh, comparison video. Mm, okay. I I did. Yeah. I've yeah, seen that as well. He's, yeah, the, the, that is, uh, he has done uh, several Yakuza comparison videos and they are they are very good. Yeah. To second that. <laughs> so from my point of view, uh, visuals, I think I, I'm probably just going to repeat similar things to that which I said about the other two games, which is that uh, I was, although it's a very long time ago now, I was lucky enough to spend a couple of weeks in Japan, in Tokyo and Kyoto and uh, Sendai back in 2006. And... I still find this game world is incredibly good at conveying the atmosphere of being there. Like it really does take me back. Uh, it's the detail, the lighting or the, yeah, the, the color palette choices, I suppose, if you want to call it. And yeah, just the sense of place is, is just uh, remarkable. I think, um, I think one of our correspondents on the forum sort of said, actually there are, there's some detail here beyond the level that you'll even see in like a rockstar game yeah in yeah. terms of the the sort of the signage and and the 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 little things here and there now maybe in 2021 and and we're in the 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 latest gen of consoles uh, you know uh, yes unless you are playing it on a pc in 4k and whatever um it's now yeah, it's not going to blow you away in the same way that maybe a brand new triple a title might in terms of pure pixels or whatever but actually the the overall vibe is yeah i still find it remarkably evocative of the actual 
the actual kind of places, it's, uh, which is remarkable. It's a, that urban, um, like, behind the face of the building, like, environments that I find just incredibly fascinating because, I mean, a lot of games have given us, like, you know, storefronts and, and busy city streets, but yeah. it's very rare that you get to go behind those buildings and see, like, the 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 vent from the hood fan right. at the restaurant that's going yeah. out of the building and, like, and like yeah. just, like, the way that the power lines are crisscrossed above, like, in a very mm. realistic way where the front of the building is the part that everybody sees so that's all nice and neat but behind it you get to see like how kind of like like the tenuous systems that are set up to keep like everything in place and um and just like you know the ventilation fans and steam kind of coming out and i know that that probably didn't translate as well um on the ps2 version i can't speak to that but i there were a couple times there's a specific area in an alley where um, you do a sub story for a guy, I forget his name, and you end up being able to repair your weapons. That's guy, he kind of hangs out oh, in yeah. like around, across yeah. from that little park, and that little back lot, like with its puddle, like where, and just kind of like like where garbage would be stacked behind this, like it's just kind of that type of detail that that really immerses you, and and it's really neat because like now that I've played Zero and Kwame One and Kwame Two, like. This is my third time in Camarocho, you know? Yeah. So, like, you would think that you might get tired of it or bored by mm. it. And it just, so far for me, um, now, granted, I haven't played all of them. It, it just, the detail of the environment never, never has not ceased to amaze me yet. So um, I, I, I really appreciate that stuff. Leah, how do you feel about the, the, the visual side of, of this uh, Kiwami 2 world? So I think I've probably said something similar in the previous shows, but I... I, I understand and I have heard uh, some people say that it gets kind of old going back to Camarocho every single oh. time, um, but <laughs> I do not agree. I think that it is uh, kind of kind of like what Brian was saying. I am not I'm not tired of this city yet because I think it's really cool and there's a lot to it and there's a lot of detail. And I furthermore, this is kind of more of a speculation, uh, a speculation than anything else. But I suspect that since they kind of confine themselves mostly to Camarocho and, you know, a couple of other smaller locations, mm. that it allows them to kind of get Camarocho right in a way that maybe you don't if you're set in a different city every single time. Yeah. It, yeah. it changes. Uh, the, the city itself changes as you go through literal decades of time right. during the course yeah. of the series. Mm -hmm. But also there are some things that, you know, I mean, even if a building is now is used to be housing some kind of disco and is now housing, you know, a fast food place or mm. a movie theater or whatever, it it's still the same building for the most part in 20 yeah. years from from now or 20 years from when it started so yeah. i i like to see those minor changes as it goes yeah. along and see kind of how the city itself evolves so with regard to the city and and the setting i i really enjoy that and still do enjoy that i am not really somebody who tends to notice frame rate i am not pc master race or whatever you want to call it yeah, yeah. um it's it's just not something that that really no. tends to tip me off so i that yeah. that wasn't something that really bothered me uh but yeah i mean i still think these games look really good and mm. i was uh i was pretty impressed with a lot of it i think uh one of the things that i i really like is um 
their real um, focus on the uh, skin pores of the main characters. Like they, yeah, they seriously. really, they really want to make sure that these. Um, and obviously, again, we're we're not necessarily dealing in the most expensive, state of the art human models like you'd get in a I don't know a naughty dog game or something like that. But with the with the budget they've got, both in terms of uh, technical and money budget, they make sure that their characters look incredibly convincingly human mm-hmm. a lot uh, of them are based off of actual actors, actors. Yeah, yeah right yeah so, which, so that, which helps oh, definitely uh that that one scene in the middle of the game i know we already contained the spoiler warning where where kirio gets gets stabbed in like the stomach you know kind oh, yeah. of by the river and it does mm. that close-up on his face after he gets stabbed like it's a i mean it, it is a remake it's on i'm playing on xbox series x there's a lot there's a lot of beefy power helping it look good but that zoom in on his face it was just so realistic and i and maybe maybe realistic isn't the right term but it was so believable you know what i mean right. it's like yeah. the the way that that model is created and now that i've spent however many hundreds of hours now with curious like 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 i feel like i can read the emotion on his face i feel like i can tell what kind of mood he's in you know what i mean like in these cutscenes, and that's just it's just such a testament to how those characters are modeled and, and how like you said, uh, Leon, like the, the you, can, you can see like the pores and the way his face shifts. What like it's just it's it's really kind of incredible. Still, audio wise, well, you've got Japanese rock band Sim, I think, providing the theme song in Kiwami Two. This is the first song A serves as the opening theme, while the second song Sound of the Breath serves as an insert song. Both of these themes are also featured in the ending credits of the game according to Wikipedia. So I guess those songs weren't in the PS2 original. Was it all just uh, original music by, um, well, Hidenori Shoji and and the rest of the All Sega sound team, or whatever they were called? Mm-hmm. I would like to uh, here insert uh, one very important thing about the music, uh, and it's that the Hostess minigame music is uh, making a triumphant return um and i for one appreciate that and will be sad if it's ever not in uh, one of the hostess mini games mm. yeah there's i mean the use of music is is interesting because you have got these incredibly overwrought and fraught kind of ballads and rock pieces super you know, kind of yeah um intense fighting pieces and 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 boss battle musics but you've also got these really kind of daft silly bits of music we talked about before the the kind of the um the the kind of comedy tunes or the slightly sad lilting tunes that play when you complete certain side stories or the revelations from certain um sub stories uh, uh play out it's a it's a very weird and much like the game itself i would venture a kind of strange mishmash of palettes from the yeah, the extremely dramatic to the really rather daft indeed. Mm-hmm. I think that the it the music does a great job at striking that absurd to super serious melodramatic balance. Um, you can, b- based on a musical cue that hits during a sub story, you can tell if it's going to resolve in a comedic <laughs> way, if it's going to be like that, that overly heartwarming, like that little, like electric piano <laughs> trill gum, like it just, they use it so well. And, and it almost, it almost like sometimes has me laughing before any comedy has happened on screen. Just cause I hear that like jingle in my headphones and be like, Oh, Kiryu is going to like make some. Yeah. elaborate elaborate like life 
like life choice and like and come to this like conclusion about meaning because he helped out the the yakuza boss who likes to be in a diaper and get fed a bottle you know what i mean like it's like all that stuff wrapped in and the music really does help kind of drive those points home we talked in the yakuza one kiwami one show about how that game had a localization a, a fairly famous english dub this game never had one right uh it was it yeah. just remained in in japanese which is mm. possibly for the best uh and yeah, so I, I don't. Funny think thing that... is, probably it, it wasn't a decision to. It... It, the decision was probably budgetary concerns yeah. rather than uh, it uh, absolutely being like the, Shenmue uh... too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But in the end, uh, for most of us, I think, and unless you're somebody who either struggles to or or just can't get along with subtitles, uh, I think for for many of us, it's uh, it's it's preferable. The fact that there's no uh, there's no dub to this game. Uh, I don't know how many of the lines were re-recorded. I see that a lot of the cast is the same. Um, I haven't been through with a fine-tooth comb and made sure that absolutely every actor returns, but certainly uh, Takaya Kuroda is Kazuma in both. I suspect it's the voice work is redone. I guess he's been just kind of a regular employee of Sega for the last uh, hmm. 15 years or whatever. Probably has um, a cubicle over there in the offices. Maybe so, yeah. But I wonder <laughs> if um, it's difficult to know because the I think the like the the sample rate or whatever the the way the audio is played back on the PS2 version, everything's a little bit more uh, compressed sounding and whatever. Whereas it sounds a bit more um, you know radio quality or whatever on the yeah. on the Kiwami version. But I'm assuming a lot of the lines would have been recorded. I think maybe even some of them are. I think a lot of the lines are actually kind of different and rewritten possibly retranslated i'm not certain but um you'll get a slightly different uh experience whichever one you're playing uh but yes there is a, a story now uh as you go through the game you unlock replay theater cutscenes, and uh, there was a point where i was about Mm, third of the way through the game ish maybe and the plot just wasn't really grabbing me at all and uh, I, I said this on on our slack channel uh, and i thought maybe uh, maybe i've been doing it a slight disservice myself by just not engaging as hard i thought maybe it was just lacking some of the sort of the the level of uh, personal intrigue that the first two games had with obviously with the two characters in zero and the whole uh nishki you know you, your best mate has gone bad kind of thing that was like an immediate draw for me whereas in this for the first third of the game i just felt like it was just kind of yakuza stuff faction stuff you know kind of people just power playing off against mm -hmm. one another the more i played it uh the more i realized that there was there was a kind of more of a personal story going on and actually it was uh it was about the the, the female leaders as much as anything sayama Mm -hmm. uh, was actually as much of a, a key part of this story as as mm. Kiryu, um, and uh, I actually rewatched the first third of the game's cutscenes in the replay theater, and that helped me get back on board with the story uh, to the point that I yeah I ended up kind of um, kind of vibing with it quite well in the end. But there are, there are a lot of twists and turns along the way, and it's very difficult to remember absolutely everything that happens and how everyone is connected to everyone else. Yeah, yeah. Anyone want to give it a go? <laughs> uh, n no. <laughs> but, um, 
But what I will say is that the, you you mentioned the twists and turns, and I see one mm. of our correspondents talks about it too. Um, yeah, it just the 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 wheels fall off the story in such a delightful way in that last chapter. Yeah, the last chapter is just nuts. it's it's bonkers. I mean, but <laughs> Up until I, that, I was on board. Yeah, but I felt the same way you did, uh, Leon. About um, and I wanted to just talk about that, like like uh, Goda, who we'll talk about, and and kind of the whole Go Ryu and. Um, clan versus the Tojo clan. Like, like this is the game that kind of made me stop caring about the fate of the Tojo clan. You know, like, yeah. cause it, it just kind of like, wasn't that whole, you know, that whole Kiryu's scene. not like, even really in the Tojo yeah, exactly. clan at this That's point. That's it. So, yeah. so like in, in Yakuza Kiwami, like the whole, like the whole intrigue for me with, with Nishikiyama and his family and why he had gone kind of rogue. And I found that all very interesting right from the beginning. Like you'd said now here, I really didn't understand why, Kiri was feeling the need to kind of like talk like t- after Tarada got killed it it none yeah. of that motivation felt real to me but the things that kept me going were Sayama her story um Majima and the whole the fate of purgatory and the and the florist and all those things like the side parts and then of course um now the detect uh, Date the the detective mm. uh, like all of those things working together really kept me going and the main plot was just kind of this weird canvas for all of these these characters I really like to interact. Yeah. But I, yeah, but exactly. even so out of the four Yakuza games I've completed now, I, the Kwame 2 story is the one that I didn't, I, I, I just never really got me invested to the point where at the end, and the, one of our correspondents jokes about the, who's the actual bad guy. Like yeah. the, go, the go to fight was fun, but I didn't really feel like that antagonistic towards him. Really. No, not that, um, not at that point yeah. anymore. Yeah. He's kind of presented as the big bad in like the, in like the early part of the game and also i mean he's on the cover in the kawami yeah. version like but yeah. he's not really like he kind of disappears for a pretty big chunk of the story and i mean he's he's an effective antagonist in, in my opinion but but he's just not he's not utilized to the point that i think he could have been he's not consistent i think is yeah. what it is for me yeah the, the thing is i think it's uh i, I was but I was personally uh, quite invested in the whole thing. I just like those kind of uh, crime fiction stories, you know, and uh, like mm. these uh, warring factions and everything. And I thought that uh, the intrigue of the, uh, you know, the Korean faction uh, and, and how that all tied to everything else that kept me going. I, it was funny because when I was going along, I started guessing a lot of things quite right and i don't know if i was uh being very smart or if it was just uh you know all very fairly transparent and and uh and well telegraphed uh but i yeah i, I start, started guessing uh halfway through how it all fit together and um i think the the goda was a was a pretty uh decent sort of rival to to carry you uh but yeah the the funny thing is in the end he's almost like Majima Part Two, like Majima from the first game, that is, uh, you know, he ends up being rather than like Brian said, like someone you feel entirely antagonistic towards. Well, where that was definitely the case in at least uh, the opening chapters of the game. That final fight, like it, it wasn't normally. Sometimes you'll feel that like that pull towards your. The, the antagonist and like feel bad for them or feel far, sorry for them because of their situation and, and maybe even come to understand their motivations and and have some sympathy for them while not obviously agreeing with their motives and I just d- never got any of that they they didn't get me on board for Goda in any type of way when 
when and to directly compare it to Kwame one like like by the end when I was fighting Nishikiyama like I was emotionally invested in how that was going to resolve you know and the here and then with the whole Tarada reveal like all of those things they they just left me feeling a little flat you know and and which is a shame because I think there's so many other strong characters in this game. It's just not a lot of them were involved in the climax. I think uh, so. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I think bearing Terada back was uh, kind of a mistake that made everything far more convoluted and confusing yeah. than, it need, than it needed to be. Yeah, I, I, I think that they almost went in too many different directions, and I. I really liked that it was so kind of convoluted and wacky, but I don't think that I could sit down and tell you kind of exactly how all of these things fit together, to be perfectly yeah. honest. I, I mean, you've got, you know, you have the everything with Goda, you know, you have that, that whole storyline, and then you have the um, the issues with uh, Sayama and her parents who she's trying to find and who she ends up being uh by birth you know it, it yeah it's and then you have you know the uh the kind of backstory with um uh, oh, uh what's the her her secret her secret dad's name um killer kayama kawada um you have uh his story which is of course tied to her story uh but goes back you know to the the raid that that everybody was involved in in some kind of capacity and then you have the whole issue with um majima which is a, a whole other thing and you've got it, it's it's just there's there are and Tarada, you know, showing up at the beginning and then showing back up at the end. Haha, I was a secret foreigner all along because we all know that the foreigners are the bad guys. Yeah, and, there's a lot of that. Oh, there's yeah, a lot of that. Yeah, there's a uh, ton of that. Yeah, that's that's kind of a disappointing thing, but I I just I just think that they for me at least, I don't think that they did a satisfactory job making me care about all of the different branches of the storyline yeah. and how they all mm -hmm. fit together. I mean, it, it does come together in the end, but mm. I, 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 I kind of agree that I don't know that I feel like Goda is the one I should have been fighting at the end. I, I don't, yeah. it, it, it just didn't hit as hard. And I know one shouldn't look at, again, it's a bit like we were saying about the fighting where it's almost like a, an unreliable narrator thing, or it's certainly, it's a kind of, like it's this is not a simulation as i kept saying to tom thomas talking about the last of us too but even less so like the world as presented in the yakuza games is a kind of hyper real slightly fanciful but in a violent way but you mm. do have to kind of start making peace with the fact that one character at one point in the story might get shot and then they'll spend the next half half the game like uh or the next half half a chapter uh desperately seeking help to survive that one bullet then at another point if the story dictates it you'll get another character who's shot 18 times in the face and then they'll get up and fight as if nothing's happened <laughs> uh, gets stabbed and then like an hour later he's punching tigers like yeah what, what? Yeah. <laughs> that, that, it's very i mean i get it's, it it's kiryu but so still good. <laughs> i mean he's definitely uh he's definitely like a, he's pretty much as the game portrays him like a, a he's super powered i mean he's yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it and it, it does make me laugh and and again you have to sort of accept that the form of this is unlike almost anything else like it doesn't work like a a, a book or a or a movie it it is its own thing it is a 
a weird kind of it's a it's a japanese video game that's come out of a it, it like you can trace the series back 15 years you can trace the origins of that series back even further to things like shenmue and virtual fighter uh it's got loads of influences from like crime japanese or hong kong maybe crime fr- thrillers and stuff like that and martial arts movies and and all this kind of stuff but it's also very much got its own kind of rules in inverted commas yeah. that are completely there to be yeah. it can do whatever it likes essentially yeah. and you you just kind of have to go with it sometimes yeah sometimes people will die and then they won't be dead and that's just you just uh, <laughs> yeah. i don't know i mean maybe it even harks back to kind of uh, i'm i'm not i'm not well i'm i'm not literary enough to know but i i, I think that's sort of kind of hyper crazy kind of stuff you might see in uh in, in certain i don't know maybe like greek tragedy plays or something like that this kind of or even more of a recent thing like serial dramas or soap operas even oh yeah like totally yeah yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah yeah well i have to take umbrage with one thing that you said leon you said this game is japanese and i Hardly, I, I, it's a hard disagree for me. This is the most American game of all time. The, the protagonist wins a bloody fist fight at the end of the game and then has sex next to a bomb that's about to explode. That They might as well have been playing the Star Spangled Banner when that was going on. That's the most American conclusion to a video game I've ever heard. I thought the bombs maybe were a little bit like, did they need, it was like, how do we raise the stakes? A city full of bombs. Then you have a comedy cutscene yeah. in which one of the bombs is, uh, is diffused, which then you find out was actually they they did that with all the bombs but then there's another bomb and that bomb's going to go off <laughs> until it doesn't yeah <laughs> <laughs> we'll use uh, we'll use some some of our excellent uh, as always forum correspondents to uh, to jump off of and maybe see if this sparks any further discussion about the the, the insanity that is yakuza 2 or kiwami 2's story two smoking controllers good name from the forum says the main thing I took away from Kiwami 2 was the progression of Kiryu's character. I think people sometimes say he doesn't have a lot of personality, but I don't believe that. After the events of Kiwami 1, you end up with a much more sombre Kiryu. That set the tone for the entire game for me. I suppose one thing we should talk about with Kiryu is that I hadn't seen before having only played 0 and 1, and I guess therefore Leah as well. Uh he is uh, he gets romantically involved which is which is uh, sort of i mean he there's not a whole lot of it up until the end when i mean he's literally about to die and right. so then he finally is allowed to kiss a girl like it, it, <laughs> yeah. i don't know i he took his chance he saw his chance he took true. it true she, yeah. she was definitely she was definitely up for it Oh, she uh, was. Yes, I, I, yeah. I think so. Uh, but yeah, I, I no, I mean, he does the the is it is it zero where the telephone club thing happens? Yes. Um, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I, I mean, he's he's got he's had encounters. Let's he's say he's got urges. Yeah. Um, mm. But I mean, that's that's from what I have seen in Yakuza previously. That's never really been a driving. F- well, y- you know, I say that, but in in one. Uh, Yumi, uh, you know, is kind of his long lost love, sort of. But That's that, right. That was yeah, even yeah. more of like a childhood romance yes. thing that was only yeah. there so that Nishikiyama could be more mad at him. This um, is a bit more raunchy, or he gets uh, it when the bomb's I, about to go off. And I got to yeah, say, exactly. <laughs> uh, Karu Sayama, I think, is one of the most beautiful female protagonists I, uh, I've ever seen in a video game. Her, her face model is extraordinary. 
Um, so I can kind of, you know, and I, and I don't normally go around fancying video game characters, but but she really is very pretty. Uh, and I, but I think the the reason I did find her an attractive character as well as uh, the beautiful model was um, the fact that she's she's cool, you know, she's a cool gal. She smokes and drinks beer and uh, she kicks ass, and uh, you know that was probably especially for Yakuza Two in two thousand and six or whatever. It's probably one of the more progressive elements of the the story in this one. Right. Yeah, I mean, she also like she gets she gets shot by a sniper and just kind of rolls with it. And like it makes her more pissed off. There you go. Right. Like like yeah. she's yeah, there's a lot to really like about her character and, and and the way that their relationship evolves. I mean, it's it's very soap opera y and, and all those things. But like it's kind of realistic in a way like like they had real reasons to be at odds with each other. And then by the end, they had real reasons to want to work together. And that never felt like forced or contrived with how no. crazy the rest of the story gets. Yeah, there was a very interesting sort of feel of tension there where she's not one of those uh, cops that sort of works together with Yakuza. You know, you can see that yeah. from the opening scene where she strikes out at this one guy and uh, she has his, him and his whole crew arrested. And then yet, yet she is kind of like forced to work together with uh, with Kiryu. Uh, and yeah, you can see some discomfort in there, but then also they start relying on each other. It's uh, yeah. On Ryuji Goda. Jobo Renobo says, Goda is so far one of my favorite antagonists of the series, an absolute hulking tower of a man obsessed with power and proving his strength. Yet he is comparatively one of the villains in the game who has somewhat of a moral code, with him being disgusted with Sengoku for kidnapping Haruka and not striking Kiryu when he was seriously injured. Encountering, encountering him was always a highlight of the story and made up for the quite convoluted Korean mafia storyline that got intertwined with it. I did want to mention the kidnapping of Haruka where he goes, <laughs> Kiryu actually goes, this is the fourth time this has happened and it's all my fault. <laughs> yeah. The fourth and, time. I'd actually yeah. lost count as well. And that leads him to the uh, Golden Pagoda that rises from the ground, right? Uh, yeah. is that is that where that happens? I think you're right. Talking yeah. about moments of the game that are completely as we had with the, uh, the yeah, like the uh, the um, I mean the underground city and the and the mm. the florist who watches the town. It's weird. It's kind of funny when the game just suddenly goes into complete kind of yeah superhero stuff like fantasy yeah. uh, uh, land where yeah suddenly there's there's a big uh, pagoda looking place in town. Uh, or just outside of town, I guess, and then, and then the the regular frontage, the facade of this normal-looking Japanese kind of pagoda parts, and suddenly it's a massive golden tower comes out the ground. <laughs> yeah, I, I sent Leah this message after that because she was just a little bit behind me and I was waiting for her to get to the point where Kiryu punches a tiger in the face. I knew I was going to get a message from her when that happened. And then when she sent me that, she's like, she, I think she sent to me, uh, Kiryu just punched a tiger game of the year. I think is what she sent. And I just, in all caps, I'm like, after he got stabbed, recovered and a golden tower rose from the ground. Like, yeah, like that was like the moment in that game. And I think each Yakuza game I've played has had a moment like this where they kind of abandon the constraints of reality. I mean, the yeah. game is always doing that, but like mm. just full, just like, like they do just like take all the shackles off and they just go, this is just full on fantasy at this point. Mm. And that mm. those are those moments that like that the, they make the game so endearing to me just because I, I love it when a game that is 
obviously we talked about like the visuals before it's steeped in reality like that city feels real like you could live there like that yeah. feels real mm-hmm. but then they just kind of take off the shackles and they're just like you know and just do some kind of high fantasy stuff yeah. i absolutely love it all that does is make me want to engage with these games more because you really in in the kind of cliche like you'd never know what's going to happen next right. and and i <laughs> so love true. that feeling i love it it's yeah. so weird right because uh I didn't forget about the underground city, like Purgatory and all that mm-hmm. stuff, because it also comes back in this game. But in a weird way, I had sort of come to accept it already as something, you know, that, yeah, yeah. It's not just, as weird anymore. Like, it, yeah. it wasn't as weird anymore. Sure. So it, yeah. it all felt part like part of the universe. So I didn't really consider it anymore as something odd. Mm. And then, you know, and everything was super serious. And then that moment hit, and I, yeah, it's it's there. I mean, I streamed it, and I just literally couldn't believe my eyes what was happening at that point. Like, <laughs> yeah. what is this? Like, it felt completely out of nowhere with all this uh, serious uh, stuff going on. And yeah, it just felt like, is, is he now having a dream or something? Is this a dream <laughs> sequence? I, it really took a while for me to, yeah, sort of, uh, yeah, mentally Square adapt off. again to that. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a, that's a, that that sort of yeah that that whiplash feeling is something you get quite a lot with the Yakuza games, and it's yeah. something that yeah definitely a lot of people obviously are happy to go with. And as as we're saying, like yes, it means it, it you're seldom going to be bored because you you just yeah it's really hard to actually second guess what's coming next. You think mm-hmm. you're going to some mundane, fairly predictable scenario, the likes of which you see before, and then it's this yeah this kind of pure pure fantasy stuff it is odd uh and i think i guess for the those of us all of us here for example who have kind of grown up spent most of our lives kind of steeped in the the world of video games i'm thinking a lot of this stuff actually kind of again really harks back to the kind of the arcade japanese arcade games of the 80s even where they were this weird mishmash of sort of things you'd seen in films but were relatively straightforward and mundane and then suddenly yeah yeah, say if you were playing a shinobi game or whatever it would go from you're just going through a town uh, attacking people who are kidnapping kids and then you'll find yourself in an enemy base and there'll be aliens there and and things warping out of the walls and whatever and yeah it's it feels to me like the yakuza (laughs) games have kind of They've maintained the uh, a lot of the the madness of the early video games, which had that madness in them because there was there was no one stopping them. Because why mm-hmm. not? Because yeah. they were finding their feet as a medium, and so I think even though I think yeah, there I think are you're some very right, yeah, I think yeah. there are some problematic elements with Yakuza, and I know that uh, our Rich from the team finds them so problematic. Some of the racism, some of the the representation of women, some of the mini games that he finds the whole thing kind of too too much in that direction to be worth enjoying and and I and I totally get that but I think for me like the the the, the sort of the insane variety both of types of gameplay within the yakuza experience and that kind of weird off-kilter depiction of some kind of reality is uh, is what keeps them fascinating even if like i wouldn't say i i wouldn't say after three games that i am madly in love with this series like some people seem to be uh, uh, uh but but i am definitely still intrigued Seth from the forum says the story while not hitting the highs of zero is more interesting to follow than kiwami one 
even though I was laughing at the whirlwind of reveals at the end. I'm the bad guy. No, I'm the real bad guy. No, I'm actually the bad guy. No, I was the real genuine bad guy all along. I thought the story had a great development that made me want to rush to the end. I liked how they made you fight Ryuji Goda early in the game, as it was an unexpected boss fight and was a nice little challenge. However, I lost this battle the first time as I was expecting a scripted loss because he was clearly going to be the final boss. It would have been a good way to build up the new villain by having him beat you easily the first time, so when you finally take him down at the end it feels like you've developed and earned it. Then again, this is Kiryu we're talking about. That yeah, walking, <laughs> non-emoting tank has been taking down entire Yakuza gang single-handedly since his teenage years, so one scary-looking beast of a man isn't going to stop him. <laughs> I think, yeah, he pretty much answered his own question there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, saw, we saw a teenage uh, Kiryu for the first time that I've seen in this game, oh, yeah. and uh, yeah. I thought it was striking how much he looked like uh, Ryo from Shenmue as a, uh, as a kid. <laughs> I, I don't know how deliberate that was. Yeah, probably not looking for sailors. Canlick <laughs> uh, again from the forum says, the cracks start to show in the narrative. Kiwami 2 falls under the same trappings as the first Kiwami in that it's a remake of a game before the franchise found its voice. There's the self-serious narrative the franchise is known for, but the flow of the narrative is scattershot. Characters exist as vehicles for cutscenes and are disconnected from the rest of the game. I'd lost the plot a number of times because the leaps in logic that were more at home with a daily telenovela than the hard-nosed crime drama this game was trying to sell. I'm still annoyed by the bomb plot to destroy Camarocho introduced midway through the game, only to be resolved five minutes later. <laughs> I'm guessing bomb diffusion can't be that difficult if a gang of violent sociopaths with a grade school education can locate and dispose of 22 bombs inside of an hour. Conflict is resolved as soon as it's introduced, leaving no tension in the narrative. Not entirely unfair. Yeah. yeah. I really, I really do love that Majima cutscene though when he's diffusing the bomb and <laughs> and his like stuff. his lackey is is kind of freaking out and Majima. Oh man, uh, I like Majima. Have I said that? Okay, <laughs> tell us why he's you all right. like Majima. He's all right. Tell us why <laughs> yeah. you like Majima, folks. Uh, and and yeah, what's his role in this? Because we haven't really talked about him much. So yeah. So um, he he's a construction magnate now. Um, no, mm -hmm. I'm just, uh, <laughs> he. There's something about his character and i think that uh leah and i probably have very similar thoughts although i, I really want to hear her thoughts about this because he he's so clearly a wild man you know they they paint him as such he wears an eye patch his nickname is the mad dog of shimano you know like they 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 paint him as this kind of like over the top just wild card doing whatever he wants crazy violent lash out at any time but he also happens to be one of the most caring and thoughtful people when it comes to Kiryu for some reason like <laughs> everything he does is to try to make Kiryu better like and I don't know he has all this interest in everything going on with Kiryu and then and the way he's kind of taken over purgatory so the so long very long story short the florist um who was someone who installed a illegal surveillance network that to, to cover all of Camarocho um the the cops discovered that so what they did was the clear thing is they just made him a cop and then they let him use that for the cops and then now um uh majima has taken over purgatory kind of like this underground and and he's building this essentially these these luxury condos on top of it and um there's this whole side story where his construction empire is being threatened by these other construction guys and um 
Yeah, but he kind of slips into the narrative um, midway through the game because uh, because Kiryu needs is it is it that he needs information from him? Leah, can you help me out with that? No, remember. he needs he What's needs uh, he yeah. probably needs uh, some some backup muscle. Yeah. Oh, muscle! That's what it is. Okay. Yeah. 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 And that's I mean that's part of the thing about Majima for me that I think is is fascinating is that like he's he is clearly supposed to be as Brian says like the wild card, you know, you, you never know what he's going to do, but he's not stupid. He's actually really intelligent and you can see that in some of the decisions that he makes when he's not I don't think that the wild guy thing is completely a a facade, but I think it partially is. He definitely plays it up because you know, you can see yeah. in some of his calmer moments uh, you know and and some of those are with with uh kiryu and some of the decisions he makes there but you know you can just even just some of the the comments he makes to other characters when he's you know being threatening or or something like he is he's not just a clown you know he knows what he is doing and that's terrifying <laughs> like yeah. he he yeah. is a scary scary dude not just because you know he's he's unpredictable but because he's he doesn't seem to have a whole lot of self-preservation about himself um mm. self-preservation about himself yeah that's that's who yeah. self-preservation is for <laughs> yeah. um he, he doesn't seem to have a huge sense of self-preservation um but it, it's not like he's just making these decisions as to what he does willy-nilly he's i mean he clearly he's very good at as you find out with the um, the kind of side chapters, the Majima saga that that are in Kiwami, um, he's very good at making money because he knows what he's doing. Um, and yeah, I I don't know. I I just think that he's he's such an interesting character because you know he could be completely one dimensional and he's not. He really has a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I yeah. wonder if I would have thought that if I hadn't played Zero first, because there's a right. lot of backstory there yeah. that yeah. you know you you get. So I don't I, I don't know the answer to that, but I, I think that's where I land on on Majima. So the, I was trying to get around to this point, and I couldn't make it in my head before because I was just kind of making word salad. But he he is the physical embodiment of the absurd spirit of the Yakuza games that I love mm-hmm. so much. Yeah. Like he is just he all the the crazy things that happen in the sub stories. Anytime that the story goes off the rails, anytime that the story like just the wild stuff happens, like he just represents all of that to me. And it's and it's what draws me back to the game. It's not that I don't like Kiryu. I, Kiryu is a great protagonist, and and we already talked about Sayama and a couple of the other characters. But Majima it just represents the kind of whimsical, like hyper violent but absurd nature of these games. And that's why I that I what I'm realizing now, having played four of them. It's that it's not because of Majima why I play these games, but it's what his whole character represents. That's what brings me back to the Yakuza series, and so I just I just have such an such an affinity for him at this point. Also, he wears a construction helmet this entire game, which is pretty funny. <laughs> it's so awesome. Super user from the forum says, "I've played both the original and the remake. Unlike with Yakuza One, the original Yakuza Two still has a reason for existing. There are several areas where the remake is inferior." If you're willing to put up with old game problems, play the original, preferably on an emulator to speed up the endless loading. This is the snazziest and jazziest Yakuza of all. The original game has a genuine art direction instead of going for a realistic look, with lots of purple and dizzying lights. It has a cool nightlife vibe backed by a jazz soundtrack. Supporting this is the fastest and most arcade combat the series saw for a while. 
In both the original and Kiwami 2, you have to work hard to build and retain heat, but you can still pull off heat moves on a regular basis in Kiwami 2, whereas they are really special moments when you pop them in the original. I'd say you only manage it once or twice per fight. The Kiwami 2 combat is a real spectacle and I can't fault it for that, but it's also quite basic. It doesn't evolve much from its initial state, but also doesn't have the instant gratification of, say, Assassin's Creed, because a lot of the fights are drawn out. In the end, I had mixed feelings about it. The Dragon Engine in Kiwami 2 is amazing. I spent a lot of it in first-person mode, just admiring the scenery. It's the most faithful reproduction of a place I've ever seen in a game. It has fine details that GTA doesn't, and I applaud RGG Studio for this. I have been converted to digital tourism. The story is completely ridiculous and very lovable. For people coming in from Yakuza 0, this is what I meant when I was uh, when I was surprised at how seriously it took gangsterism. In Yakuza 2, it goes into the fantasy realm. There is literally a castle made of gold under a sucker castle, <laughs> and you fight samurai and ninjas to get to the Yakuza boss. Of course sure you don't <laughs> Of course you don't kill him because Kiryu never kills. <clears throat> There is another moment where the guy you thought you knew from the last game turns out to have been an imposter and the characters need to sort between them like an evil twin in a comedy skit, except it's serious. The character relationships and hype cutscenes make this as always. The scene where Kiryu first meets Goda is a particular highlight. Kiryu gets his personality here, much like the series. It stopped being about rough men on the streets of Tokyo and is more about wholesome, handsome guys fighting against a small number of extremely bad guys. <laughs> nice. I really like this next post that I'm going to feature. Uh, it's, if anything, it, it, we're talking about the location here, but if anything, it goes back to, to the visual side of things. And yeah, it was interesting there, our, our last correspondent uh, super user mentioning the, the first person mode. And of course, this game has a photo mode, which... Uh, which is now you know, it's becoming increasingly ubiquitous in, in modern games. And um, very nice to see one in there. I don't think it's possibly the... Uh, we don't have... I don't think we have any of our photo mode experts with us um, here. Normally, I think of uh, Jay and uh, Thomas with those, but um, I doubt it's the kind of the most fully featured. But still, well done for including it. But yeah, this post from Rich Jim Murph from the forum, uh, I think is delightful. Rich says, Yakuza's draw has always been in its pavements. Camarocho's interwoven network of flags, concrete strips, tiling and drip matting show how the city has evolved over the years. How new developments overlap the old with little aesthetic regard, but purely in a utilitarian manner. You can feel the uneven brickwork of Nakamichi Street wobble beneath your feet. Hear the squeak your loafers make as you hustle around the polished floor tiles of a popo store. It's an odd thing to pay too much attention to this level of detail, and it was only after I got back from a trip to Japan did I even notice it in the game. It was exactly the same. As if one of the devs went out with a camera and catalogued every nuance of it, from traffic lines to manhole covers, all the way through, all the way to those bobbly slabs used for pedestrian crossings. It's all perfect, even down to the grubby wear and tear and the torn promotional stickers littering the place. Chances are the easiest way to make Camarocho was for the devs to take one-for-one one inspiration from the city around them, Be, but being privy to such a sympathetic recreation feels special. It feels unique. Video games kindled my interest in Japanese culture, as I'm sure it has done with many Western gamers. It was in 2006 with Yakuza, though, where I really felt those two p passions properly intersected for the first time. 
Here was a game that eschewed the tropey trappings of anime and manga and presented something far closer to the authentic Japan I'd seen unknowingly, I'd been unknowingly looking for. It was like I'd found something not really meant for me. Something so caught up in domestic Japanese culture that the publishers must have thought there was little point in sending it westward. It's like setting a game in Newcastle, filling the streets with Greggs and Paddy Powers, throwing in oblique references to Anton Deck and expecting folk in Tokyo to be interested in it. But here we are. The details are Moorish. It's the ping of uh, aluminium as you pass through the batting cages, the hawkers, the, bat the barkers and the hostesses. It's the cry of Don Quixote and the neon pink glow of Popo's stores, the lace headrests in the taxis and the white gloves the drivers wear, the underbelly that's not all too seedy and the high rises not all that squeaky clean. Assistants screaming Irasha... <laughs> my pronunciation. Irashamas... Irashamase. Assistants screaming Irashamase as you enter a store. Wild Jackson, video darts, Boss Coffee vending machines, Club Sega, One Cup Sake. It's all there and it's all real. Yakuza always felt cosy. Kiwami 2's iteration of Kamarocho is inviting. It sounds right. It looks right. I can smell the beef bowls when I pass Kushimaru, and that's priceless. I can't readily get back to Japan, but I can spend time in Kamarocho, whiling away the hours staring at those beautiful pavements. Very evocative. Thanks, Rich. Uh, well, yeah, we've. I guess we've already touched upon quite a bit of this. Uh, you go around, you do a lot of fighting in this game. I was wondering, actually, thinking about the, the, the replay theatre uh it would make for a several hour long kind of movie, I guess, uh, mm -hmm. CG movie. But you do still spend a good amount of your time. Streets are raging, but with RPG mechanics. I think the compared to the. I keep saying previous two games, but I mean Zero and Kiwami One, because those are the previous two I've played. The the sort of the way of. Um, those two games had like this kind of wheel of uh, almost like a an RPG skill tree kind of situation, right? Yeah. As I recall. Whereas this one has boiled it down much more simply to buying things off a list as you get the uh, as you get the skill points available to you. Um, yeah, it, you also don't have to use your money to purchase that's skills. Right. You right. Use your yeah. experience. Yeah. yeah, and there's happiest... no stances. Is the big thing that that's I. Yeah, you because that's a thing in both uh, in both Zero and Kiwami mm. was you have multiple combat stances that you can either specialize in or switch between if you are so inclined. And here you don't have that. You have the one skill or you yeah. have the one stance that you don't change out of. You just have different combos and different specialties that you can uh, that you can specialize in that way. Mm. Yeah, I think. This is the one where it kind of felt more refined to me. Um, now having played, you know, like I said, like you said, Leanne, the previous two in quotes, um, I I did feel better not having to spend my money on that. That was one of the stumbling blocks for zero that I felt like I just uh -huh. wasn't sure what I was doing, like how to progress, like, and I figured it out eventually. But like here, it f did feel very, um, you know, streamlined. Oh, you've got enough red points, you can buy the next physical combat combo. Yeah. The only thing I didn't that I didn't completely click with was. I sometimes became unaware of how to earn certain types of that, mm. uh, like certain colors of it. Like it, random encounters would get would give you a certain amount. Completing sub stories would get you a certain amount. But then some actions I would end up getting like a thousand blue, you know. And I, I wasn't <laughs> quite sure what I was doing to earn that specific type or another. Yeah. But um, it, but it did just kind of 
incentivize me to kind of poke at all areas of the world and just That's see it. what I got from certain yeah. things. So, so it was effective for me, like to just get me to do all the things. Exactly, do enough stuff, you'll get enough points to be strong enough to beat the game. Yeah, and you can make and yourself even stronger than you need to be. The more stuff you do. And the PS2 game is much more simpler. You just get experience okay. points and you can uh, distribute that over the uh, various attributes. And then, yeah, every time you raise a level, you just get extra moves added uh, to the list. There's no choosing oh, okay. from it either. Okay. So very similar to the first uh, mm. PS2 game as well. Right. Only yeah, the whole combat system is uh, a lot more fluid and snappy and zippy now. It's, uh, where it was all a little bit more sluggish in the first game right yeah i mean i would say although as i say i did miss the the 60 fps <clears throat> on the console once uh, once i got used to that that's that's that slight change i i uh, i did get into the combat here i was actually quite pleased to see the back of stances i found that a little bit just unnecessarily cumbersome in in the previous game i suppose it did add a bit of variety but I quite like the fact that in this one I could just impose Kiryu's self onto the fight without kind of adapting to what other people felt he ought to do. Uh, but as I say, I, I often I I think because I like doing this the sub stories. There's a there's a uh, an item you get. I can't remember whether you just pick it up and find it or whether it's the result of of something else, which it's a skill. That's it, and it and it tells you where the sub stories are. It shows you on the map. Yeah. Uh, and then I find myself deliberately going towards all of those before I do the main story in the traditional sort of RPG way of ticking off all your side quests. And that I found stood me in very good stead for always being OP for the next kind of main story fight. Yeah, I, I agree. I, <laughs> In fact, I really appreciated that you get that skill and you get it very early or you can get it very early. Yeah. Uh, because I, I too am very much a, I want to do all of the side quests type of person in most games. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you don't get anything. You, I think you can get an item in Kiwami, uh, possibly and zero, uh, but it, it's something that has to be equipped if you can, like you kind of have to get close to stuff in order for it to show up on the map. So, I, I mean, not that that's unmanageable by any stretch, mm. but I, I much prefer just being able to see on the map, here's where I need to go to, in order to clear out this map, if that's what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah, we should also say, as with the previous two games that aren't the previous two games, um, <laughs> you can, uh, there's a, what's it called? Um, premium adventure mode, which is yeah. after you finish the game. But you, it, So there's there's the choice after you beat the game. You've got New Game Plus, which is playing the game again, but with, lots of your skills intact or lots of yeah and possibly some items and things like that which but you play the story again or premium adventure which kicks out all the story and all the cutscenes and just allows you to be in the world and do whatever you want to do i guess uh, which i've not actually tried but I, I suppose it's there if you want to continue leveling up to max everything out and, and whatever else finish any side stories off maybe yeah Kanlik or Kanlich again? You should uh, let us know how I should pronounce your name if you're if you're going to post again in future. Kanlik or Kanlich uh, from the forum again says. Uh, this... Otherwise, we won't feature your posts anymore. That's <laughs> it. I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> I meant it because, like, I didn't want to. 
Didn't want to say the name wrong. Uh, the series Hallmark side quests leave a lot to be desired. I usually walk away from a Yakuza game with a handful of interactions I find enjoyable, but I struggle to identify a standout with the exception of the imposter side quest. In past games, the side quest associated with the core minigames tended to be the strongest, such as the Hostess Club or Property Management Sim from Yakuza 0. Kiwami 2's comparable efforts are anemic. The Majima construction narrative is repetitive, nonsensical in context to the rest of the game and fails to add anything to Majima or Kiryu as characters. Kiwami 2's hostess missions are stodgy to get through. All right. I have some comments. Okay. <laughs> um, so first of all, I, I actually kind of do agree that uh, the bulk of the side quests were kind of unremarkable. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't think that they were bad per se. I, I didn't dislike any of them that I can think of but I also similarly cannot really think of that many that stood yeah. out to me Same. yeah um, the baby one was that part of the main story or was it or was it the side quest? oh no I think I, that was a side quest one. that's that one of the wackiest quest. ones that, yeah, yeah. Um, most memorable that, yeah. I really uh, that, that blew my head that blew my mind <laughs> I like I like that one a lot there's a there's a there's a, a throwback to that in Yakuza like a dragon that I didn't even know was a throwback to it now um, having having done this, it, it was pretty fun to see it from the other side mm. of things. Um, cool. yeah. The imposter one was really good too, with a guy running around saying he's the dragon of Dojima, and you got to follow him. Oh yeah, rubbish. Um, wearing your yeah. suit. Yeah. yeah. The best exactly. thing actually about the baby side quest was that uh, they all angrily attack you, and you have to fight grown men <laughs> yeah, in diapers. Yeah, it, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> sure do. Um, um, but but the Majima, I will say that the Majima construction mini game. I did not care for the minigame itself, but the song was stuck in my head <laughs> the song, for weeks. The <laughs> song makes it all worthwhile. Yeah, uh, it's it's an odd one. So it's a sort of uh, it's a sort of RTS. Or it's tower defense. Tower defense, like, really. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's not in the PS2 game. No, the um, I didn't think so. It's uh, this is where they uh, where they Sega tried to make some money as well, isn't it? This is where the DLC was really focused with yep. buying mm -hmm. guys for your units basically for your yeah. for your fight now I, I didn't spend any money on any of this uh and barely no, barely I. played the game but i don't know i mean that was seemed like a bit of a reach from their point of view be interested to know if it did the business <laughs> the turnstiles <laughs> as it were and yeah I, I liked the hostess club game i i generally like the hostess club mini games yeah. and this one was no exception for me uh it's yeah. kind of nice that um I, we've given a spoiler warning, so I can say that Majima okay. shows up at the end of that as well, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to as as a throwback because the uh, the the woman who owns the club that you are uh, that you are managing is actually one of the hostesses from uh from the previous game. So right. So yeah, when you go really around town recruiting, uh, you end up recruiting some people inside stories for your hostess club as well, mm -hmm. including um, mm -hmm. a, a highly sexed old, older lady, which was uh, yep. which was quite interesting. She's great, by yeah. the way. She was one I've of my top, my top girls. Top, top earners, yeah, exactly, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, She's a very high talk stat, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but those, I th I'm not sure, I, I did get a list of the DLC, but I'm not going to go through it all, but, um, but I think yeah, it's interesting. Most of those you can get in the game, whereas the construction people, you can get some of them in the game, but you can also buy them with real money. Um, but yeah, I know a lot of people get into the Hostess Club stuff. And and again, it's one of those things where, yeah, if I only if I had fewer games and more time, then I'd probably throw myself into it. And it's cool that it's in there, but it's not I, I would say it's definitely not essential to enjoy mm. the Yakuza experience. Yeah, for sure. 
Jobo Bonobo is slightly more positive than our previous correspondent on the side content. You can really see the series gets its identity here. The sub-stories are far sillier with you fighting adult baby fetishists, being a voice actor for a sexy video game, helping recent college graduates get a job interview and much more. The delicate balance between gritty crime drama and absolute nonsense is maintained ever so well. And the few moments when these two sides of the coin are mixed together, such as fighting off two tigers to rescue Haruka, it feels like a natural progression from what came before. I wholeheartedly recommend this to anyone who wants a compelling and silly adventure, and Kwame 2 serves as a lovely little capsule of everything that makes Yakuza the wonderful series it is for those who are new to it. We already mentioned the UFO catcher. Again, outside of a sub-quest, there's not that much reason. I actually think the presentation of this uh, went slightly backwards on the previous ones because the sh hmm. there's virtually no shadow. So it's harder. Yeah. Much harder, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I managed to get a gone gone, so that's the main thing. But um, mm -hmm. but yes, I, I found the the previous two incarnations of this quite compelling. But this time it was just yeah, and even like moving the camera around to the side took ages, so it was just a bit less of a draw. However, for an old arcade head like me, emulated versions of Virtual Fighter Two and Two Point One and Cyber Troopers Virtual On, which is the first time I've owned that game since I had the Saturn version in oh, the cool. mid 90s was uh such a treat uh just yeah that like you can you can earn a bit of xp from playing them and there's a few missions tied to it there's this whole thing where you can uh make haruka happier basically by doing stuff she wants to do mainly she wants to eat she has the appetite yeah. of a horse for a tiny <laughs> child but uh, occasionally she says i want to see the giant robots fighting or stuff like that so you get to actually feel like you've got a a real purpose for playing cyber troopers virtual on like it was 1996 and uh, i personally enjoyed that very much i guess those weren't in the ps2 version mikhail uh yeah they were yeah no no wait no i'm sorry no uh there's some uh weird virtual reality fighting game in there oh okay not uh yeah it, it is sort of a uh yeah lawnmower man tron kind of first person lightsaber dual thing oh wow okay. it has a that uh cool <laughs> the, yeah it, it has yeah. A, like a, a virtua fighter sort of spoof pastiche logo uh attached to it as well it's really strange okay. i played it only once yeah yeah i didn't i did i mean oh. I, i'm not saying that obviously the ps2 could have had virtua fighter 2 and cyber troopers but they would have been almost contemporary yeah. at that point um whereas, exactly yeah. whereas in this they are yeah retro emulations mm. uh and yes, you you've got the uh, the batting center, which is slightly different, sort of baseball style, the the golf the golf range type deal, and the pool and the darts. Uh, again, the darts mechanics have changed in this one slightly, uh, but I I still managed to to beat the the epic darts lady. I quite enjoyed darts. Darts was probably my favorite of of uh, outside of the video games. Yeah, I, my I played I played a bunch of darts myself. Um, there's it's. It's one of those things where, like, once I kind of start the progression, and it's just like, oh, here's your new darts. You want to yeah. do the next one? I'm like, yeah. I kind of do it I, uh, very streaky. You know, I'll play, like, through the entire thing at once. And, yes. um, yeah. And uh, that's kind of how I did it. So uh, it never was kind of that natural come back and forth. Oh, I'll play some darts now. It's like like <laughs> the way I play. It's like I'm going to play all the darts right now. And then uh, 
But yeah, that was the one I got sucked into. <laughs> Much easier to, to beat the best darts player than it is to beat uh, the better pool players, I find. Because, you know, once they're down on the table and they're, if they're good enough, if they are good enough, they'll just win. So, yeah. Karaoke is in there. I don't think there are as many songs as perhaps in some of the other versions. Maybe, or possibly similar amount to Kiwami 1, but not as many as Zero, possibly. Uh mm. The uh, I didn't do loads of this. It's a, it's a fairly standard uh, rhythm game, and it and I don't think in this one the the songs they don't kind of break out into the full blown musical numbers that they did in Zero. Is that right? I think uh, you get you get the odd sort of uh, montage of pictures in the background and stuff, but you don't get the full like Busby Berkeley <laughs> kind of dance sequences or whatever. Uh, that I recall, I did enjoy the one. There's there's one song you can do with Majima in the Majima Saga, and yeah. it's, it's worth. Even though there's there's no, you get nothing for doing any side content in the Majima Saga, as far as I could work out, because the RPG elements are gone. But it's worth doing his karaoke song just to hear him do his karaoke song. <laughs> yep. You okay. can also, as Kiryu, invite Majima to come to karaoke with you. Um, oh, and that's that's kind of nice, but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't as kind of fleshed out as as some of the other karaoke's that I no. uh, have seen in these games. Unfortunately, mm. no judgment, which is my favorite karaoke song uh, in these <laughs> games, which was which one's that? Unless Do unless that... it was somewhere and I just missed it, and if there is, then <laughs> then my apologies to Kiwami too. But... Can you do that one for us? Yeah. Uh, Where's my where, where's my microphone? Well, I mean, I have a microphone. I need. Okay, hang on. I'm gonna need to pull up a YouTube video. Um, with, no, Sorry, I'm not. I'm, I'm not gonna I, make. I'll spare fall. you all. <laughs> uh, I can't remember which one. I think I definitely have played that one. Anyway, uh, Alex seventy nine UK from our forum says this is my favorite one of the series so far. The story felt really epic with so many twists and turns. It was nice to see some arcade games reinstated after being disappointed they were missing from Kiwami One. Some of the side content is questionable, as always, and I don't think saying it's a cultural thing is good is a good enough excuse for some of the misogyny on display here. And that stuff will never sit quite right with me. But overall, as a game, I think Kiwami 2 is excellent. Yeah, the next side content on my list kind of uh, speaks to that comment from Alex. The photo shoot. Did anyone play this? Is that? I did not. Okay, it's really uncomfortable. Uh, I fa- well, I should say I found it really uncomfortable. Some people might thoroughly enjoy it, but it's actual FMV women doing kind of cute, sexy poses for uh, <laughs> Kiryu Kazama's camera. Um, and it, yeah, it was one of those where I was thinking, uh, I hope my girlfriend doesn't walk in because it looks like I'm a, <laughs> I'm a real perv. I'd almost, yeah. uh, and it's that kind of weird thing where it's that kind of titillating stuff. It's almost more embarrassing than actual porn in a way because it's that kind of coy sexual stuff that kind of, I don't know, feels a bit more to me kind of, I don't know, feels less honest and more tacky. That might be my issue. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, they had was... some, some of the videos um, of similar types in kiwami and i think in zero as well right and zero there's actually a trophy tied to it watching your first video Mm. at at one of the video parlors or whatever they were called yeah i guess this is slightly different because you're actually you're you're kind of telling the girl 
the model how to pose? Mm. I mean, I, I think... Um, I, I'm pretty sure I talked to Jay about this because I think that from what he said, like these are actresses who are in this this industry in Japan yeah. Yeah. for real. That's right. So like I mean in in that sense, I mean I don't have a problem with no with sex work at all. Sure. And much less if, you know, they are getting their money from being in this game as yeah. well as you know, just doing this as a living. So I, I mean, it's not something that necessarily appeals to me, but I yeah. don't have a problem with no, it. I, I, I don't I, think I, I would definitely not call it, classify this bit as misogyny. There's some other stuff that's maybe a little questionable, but yeah. not this. No, you're probably right. And maybe the awkwardness is probably my perception. And uh, yeah, maybe my own. Yeah, quit being such a prude, Leon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess I just, uh, well, I completely agree with what you're saying about the, you know, the workers and the job and the job that they're doing, but, um, I guess I just find this sort of, um, I don't know. Yeah, it just it just felt uncomfortable. It's totally a little to bit me. weird. Maybe I, yeah. I don't, I don't know that it necessarily fits with how I, how I personally would see Kiryu spending his time. Right. Yeah. And it's uh, not in the PS2 version. No. Uh, an- another win for the PS2 yeah. version. <laughs> yeah. You could have had some grainy <laughs> FMV. Um, but yeah, it, it did actually cross my mind when I first saw this. Uh, I think the first time, I think it's the traditional thing is the first time you see it is in a, is a, you, you kind of don't know it's coming up. So you're doing it in a sub story. Isn't that um, weird though? Like you have all these uh, computer modeled characters in there and then have FMV. Yeah, completely there? weird. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's another element of it that feels kind of bizarre. And it did make me think, I thought, hang on, if this was in the original PS2 version, these models are now like 15 years older. Yeah. Which would have no, been it certainly wasn't. But yeah, it just seems so weird to me because you connect to the level of realism that yeah. they sell you with all the 3D models and the, yeah. you know, the computer-generated characters and everything. Yeah. And then, oh, there's some FMV yeah. in there. And as I recall... strange. From that my, is just strange. My brief time with it. And uh, yeah, the second one I did was purely for research purposes. <laughs> the, um, yeah, of the, course. The... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, um, yeah, that's how I spend my uh, late nights on the internet as well. Absolutely, yeah, just purely for research purposes. Yeah, you, you don't make a podcast about that. Um, <laughs> but it's like I think Kiryu's like you know, it's like uh, the the as I recall that the the models kind of going. And how would you like me to pose now? And it will be like you know, do something cute or do something sexy or pretend you're I don't know a horse or something. No, I don't think it ever <laughs> get, it never gets never gets quite that weird. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Anyway, you you can pretty much avoid it unless apart from that first one that you might get suckered into by agreeing to do every quest that comes your way, which is the way of these things. Uh, something that does definitely fit in with Kiryu's character, though, is needing to go to the toilet. <laughs> uh, this this minigame's kind of weird. It's also the only piece of content in the entire of Yakuza Kiwami 2 on the PS4 that's in 60 FPS. It's the going to the loo mini game. I did this once. <laughs> I think I did it a couple times because I was unsatisfied with my performance the first time. I think is what. Yeah, well, same. I, I did it. It's a I bit did weird. A times. You have yeah. to sort of half hold, half hold the trigger in. Basically, yeah. that is that is the key. Yeah, yeah uh, absolutely. If you yeah. if you over trigger, you exhaust your bladder before you say unclothed the anime woman with yes, your with exactly. your pee. Yes. I mean, with the air that's coming out. <laughs> right. 
So th- this is based on a real thing. I've, I know some clubs in places like London have got this, which is where you, as, as you wee into the urinal, something happens on a screen, right? So, um, a, yeah, a, a video game connected to the pressure that you're, you're peeing happens. But <laughs> yeah, so this, this has the, I don't know if these were going probably in Japan, actually. Yes, as far back as the mid 2000s when the game is set. But um, yeah, some of them are silly. Like one of the, I think the first one is called Milky Nose. And you're controlling the strength of milk coming out of a character's nose with yep, your pee. Yep. But the other one is, um, yeah, it's you're you're trying to strip the clothes off a off a young anime woman. Can, I have a question. Hmm. Do you really need to be entertained while you're peeing? It, like, do you guys have? Well, this is not this is not a thing that you see in in women's restrooms. No, nah, well, so you, can't see, you can't see. You can't see. Me what, personally, no. Well, I need I need to I need to sort of go full uh, meditative Zen state. What I will say is the uh, the first there's some near us which have uh, like um, an at not a video screen but an actual plastic soccer goal with uh, a little plastic soccer ball that's attached to the goal and you have to try to pee the ball into the goal. That is pretty that is pretty entertaining while you're going to the loo. <laughs> but going back to my younger years as a as a, a teenager and 20 something going into pubs when before the smoking ban the game to play while you're at a urinal is is peeing the paper off the outside of the cigarette filter oh yeah like, can't yep. you just pee like I, you this, you've I, just been deprived I, by by your anatomy of the fun of peeing the paper off a off a cigarette filter. So right. so where where, so where enough, I'm I guess. Where, where I'm from is is uh is a very snowy climate. I'm near Buffalo, New York. Ah, so steamy. I don't so I don't like I, I'm never like I don't need I don't need to be entertained at a urinal. I don't really like standing at a urinal. I'm like I'm I'm good. Um, but let's just say that there have been many an outdoor activity where I have attempted to write my name in the snow. There you go. Um, yeah. uh, with, uh, so so do do we need to be entertained by doing it while well, doing it? No. But do I sometimes entertain myself? Taking sure. advantage of the situation. All exactly. Right. I, I guess I guess I guess I can respect that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not the it's not the the the, the, the draw it used to be as a, as a younger man. But um, but, you know, yeah. Anyway, toilets. <laughs> That's in there. Uh, we've mentioned See, it's a pun because it's toilets, but it's a toy like oh, a toy that a kid would play with. I'm glad you. Oh, I'm glad it, you yeah. said that because I, I, I hadn't, figured I'd uh, I'd call that out. I hadn't put that <laughs> out there. Uh, you've got your traditional uh, games, as we said, shoggy and mahjong, and also some uh, casino and card games, the likes of blackjack and poker, uh, and some Japanese games like oichokabu and koi koi. Uh, we got any kind of I know some people again um, get really into this stuff uh, I don't really understand poker uh, I played a little bit of blackjack because it's easy um, yeah I didn't I played a couple of hands of blackjack and um, that was about it so like I get I get hung up on the casino mini games in these games because mm. you're not just betting money and then winning money you have to go buy like tokens and then oh, use yeah. it and you're trading it for items yeah, yeah, and like yeah. if it was just sitting down and i'm putting you know five thousand yen on a hand and i could just see my money mm. goes up or down i might be more inclined to do that but i, I don't i for some reason that extra little layer mm. of game to it uh turns me off from so for some reason i'm not sure why but mm. it just does interesting i'm now thinking about why they do that is it just because that's how you do it in real life 
Or I don't there... know. Maybe I mean maybe it breaks. Maybe like maybe they don't want the economy to get broken. But it's, yeah. like, I mean, it's like, but I don't know. The Yakuza doesn't seem it like it would be, be precious about that. But maybe. But I don't no. know. I didn't. You know. That's so interesting. I'm not sure. Canlick hmm. uh, or Canlich again. Let us know. Forum says there's a number of nitpicks I have with this entry to the Yakuza franchise, such as foregoing a skill tree for a more straightforward list of skills you can buy with arbitrarily earned points. But they all point to the fact that this is a remake of a game with old bones. In many ways, Kiwami 2 feels hamstrung by its legacy, and I think the developers could have done a better job of either retconning certain narrative beats and adding back in the flavour the series really gets into motion with Yakuza 3. A special note to the three-chapter Majima-focused story you can unlock as a side story. While short, it does provide a satisfying follow-up to the conclusion of Yakuza 0. It's a must-play for anyone who experienced the prequel game and was worth the short diversion from the main game. Majima Saga, yeah, three chapters. I played this at the end, actually. Uh, it took me about two and a half hours, but it only took me that long because I decided to fight every single one of the street <laughs> bosses. Yeah, uh, I did that too. Yeah. Yeah, too. yeah. Okay, good. Um, and yeah, it uh, it set uh, as we say after zero, and sort of fills in. Yeah, fills in that little bit of story between zero and where we find Majima later. Is that right? Does it or is it between one and two? No, it must be zero and one. Uh, I think between zero and one, yeah, because Tarada is still the yeah, yeah, yes, yes, because Tarada is still the yeah. chairperson. Mm. No, so it must be between one and two then, right? Well, oh. it's Kiryu's the chairperson, or or he's retired because you can you get those quests, or you can oh, yeah. uh, now donate the money myself. to yep. get Kiryu a gift. I don't remember yep. what the gift is yeah. for, but. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you put money into the so if you did do this whilst you were playing the the main part of the game, you could have Majima send Kiryu money That's right. effectively. Yeah, yeah, um, which is something yeah. <laughs> yeah. interesting That's... considering that they take place at different times. So uh, got like time traveling cash from That's Majima. That's a very but, good uh, point. Yeah, yeah. I played but you don't after. you unlock the chapters as the main story goes along, so you wouldn't yeah. be able to do it at just right, right. in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. I don't I don't recall when the the final chapter is unlocked, but um, yeah, you would have to go at least some ways into the story before you could complete that. But yeah, it's a nice little it's it's simplified. There's no skill tree or anything. Yeah. You just you just go in there as Majima and beat dudes up. It's and you've got a permanent nice, weapon too, which is uh unique, you know, yes. compared to the main game and. Majima's obviously uh, kind of his known for his dagger type of thing. And, yeah. Uh, I just, it made me do that thing where I was like, oh, I really would like a, a whole game to play as Majima. And then I played that saga. I'm like, I'm not sure I would. Like, no, not because. I, I, liked about, I liked about three chapters of Majima. Now yeah, I just exactly. want him to yes. be a side character. Yeah. He's like super powerful, which is fun. It's fun to play around with. But like, yeah, you need you need someone a little more grounded in that absurd world than, than as opposed to Majima, who's just like you know flames shooting out of his eyeballs at all times, you know. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, but it was it was a fun um, addition uh, for sure, and um, those had those little extra cool bits of story to kind of flush everything out. Yeah, yeah. He's got this kind of uh, yeah, as you'd expect from the character, this rather more wild and uh, out there fighting style with elements of uh, capoeira and. Yeah, just general frenzied madman. Uh, it feels a bit like the um, 
I don't remember what the style is called, but it's the pink style, the breaker totally. style the breaker from style, uh, yeah. from from Kiwami's from Zero from Yakuza Zero. Yeah, they definitely um, bust out the exact some of those. Same thing, but it yeah, it has yeah. it has some of that same feel to it. I think you go to do those breakdance style kicks and just yeah. spin around. Oh, <laughs> that's so it. much fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, so I guess the the whole package yeah is about I guess it was about thirty hours in total for me, and that's without doing. The, much of the the mini games and uh, extra stuff, really. I was probably somewhere in between forty and fifty, but I did ah. all of the side stuff, like yeah. all of the. Well, I, wow, I, that's yeah. not true. I didn't do the casino games, but like I did. Mm. I probably spent eight to ten hours just on the Hostess Club. Like, yeah, yeah. me too. About the same. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you should talk a bit more about that. <laughs> What's oh, the? It's just. What, I why, mean, it's. Why it's so, why, I don't know. I think yeah. it's um, it's it's a management sim mini game at the same time as it is like a almost diner dash style game kind of um you know you are you are staffing your um your your casino you are staffing your nightclub uh with the proper people to uh make your clientele happy outside of the club you are purchasing partnerships so that you get a certain number of fans so that you get more people coming in yeah and you're also within each night that you run the club you have to you know you have to do the um the micromanagement of this girl is going to this table at this time because this guy is looking for um this particular asset like they're looking for somebody who wants to talk or they're looking for somebody who wants to party or they're looking for whatever and I, I don't know. There's just something about that that's really satisfying to me. Plus the music. Yeah, plus the music. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> I just it 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 continues to amaze me. Like in these games, like like how much time, effort, and thought go into this completely side thing that you could literally engage with only one time and then move on from for the rest. You know what I mean? Or you could spend like Lee and I did ten hours with. I just mm -hmm. it's <laughs> it's just that that kind of. Um, It'll either uh, grab your detail won't, exactly. Which is fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I I I I kind of fall in love with that type of stuff. I did same thing with the telephone game. Um, and then there's some really good and really stupid ones in and stupid good in uh, Yakuza, um, like a dragon as well. Yeah. So, um, it's just it, I don't know. It just it fleshes out the weird world in a way, and and because it gets even more absurd, um, as you go, um, yeah, I just I. And then, then, of course, what uh, Leah didn't mention, there's there's also the melodrama of the rival hostess clubs that you're oh, actually yes. doing like boss, like boss hostess club battles against. Uh, it's uh -oh, it's okay. so fun and silly. And 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 normally those characters are way over the top, like treating running a hostess club like like something like, like equating it to like, you know, running some sort of you know, like UN style organization and like, oh, it's so. And then once you win, yeah. their lead hostess is like, I want to be on the club where everybody's friends and it's a nice place to work. And you're like, yeah, yeah. come on over. And then you get another super powerful new hostess who yeah. is just happy uh -huh. to be there. So and they're like yeah. each each club owner is like its own super villain. There's one guy who's like, I don't even like hostess clubs, but I have a lot of money and I'm a nerd. So this is what I do. Like, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's goofy in all the right ways. <laughs> Sounds cool. Uh, what's the sort of? Is there a takeout from it into the the kind of the game? The rest of you get the, a the ton game. Ton of money. Money. From it. I was going to say yeah. must yep, be that's money. Pretty much it. Money, which you don't need, but uh, you can use. There's, uh, I think, there's a trophy or achievement tied to having ten million in one go at one point. So that's probably the main reason to do that. I ended up with like I had three million, and then was 
uh, and then there's like the final shop you know it's the final shop uh because it's in a weird place and it probably tells you and so i just spent all the money i had left on stuff for the final fight just in case which none of which i actually needed but yeah you know how it goes <laughs> it's very interesting to hear you talk about the host stuff because i've never really been grabbed by it i just checked it out in both the games very in a very shallow manner yeah i wonder how much it, it got revamped about. yeah from yeah the, yeah, yeah the i, I wonder as well or if and my, did, my uh end game clock says that i put 24 hours into the game so it was definitely less than the the, the three of you you're missing 10 um, hours of hosting uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and probably another four or five of the the Majima construction thing. I don't know yeah. exactly how long yeah, I spent yeah, yeah. on that. Definitely. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Before we sum up our feelings on Yakuza Two or Kiwami Two, we've got some three word reviews. Follow us on Twitter at Kana Rinse. No, Jason. Only Zool says repetitive strain injury. Benny Bean says, sell those plates. Ludo Narrative FM says, diffusing the bomb. Gadget 8-Bit says, no more phone booths. Super User says, Yakuza finds itself. And Tolkien Taters says, what a game. <laughs> Were the phone booths also out of PS2, Yakuza 2? Or did you still have phone booths in that one to save, save game and get items? Yeah, definitely. Uh, the, the phone booths were there uh, yeah. uh, just to save games, not get items. Uh, the, of course, all the lockers were in there as well. I don't know if those were in. Uh, oh yeah, in yeah. Kiwami. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, gotta find those keys. A lot of people just uh, casually just dropping their locker keys around. Oh, so around many. <laughs> yeah. They're everywhere. Yeah. And plates. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> one of the biggest economies in Camaracho in the mid-2000s was uh, platinum and gold plates. Yes, of course. Anyway, uh, so to summarise, uh, I'll go first, not because I'm particularly down on the game, just because I, I'm not sure my enthusiasm is quite that of everyone else here, maybe. Uh, I enjoyed my time with Yakuza Kiwami 2. Once I'd finished Kiwami 1, I immediately booted it up and uh, started on it and then came back to it more properly in recent times and uh yeah maybe under different circumstances i would have engaged more with some of that uh deliciously juicy and wacky side content but i certainly had my fill of the sub story side quests and things like that even if i didn't spend hours and hours playing the various mini games although i probably put a fair amount of time into virtual fighter 2 and and virtual on which uh those the mere existence of those within this game world make me happy and the existence of this game world as i as i've said with with the other yakuza games just to me profoundly evocative of being in japan at around the same time which was when i got to go and it's been way too long as i've said but but there it is those memories are very strong in there because it probably was it was the first place I'd been that was completely unlike anywhere else I'd ever been, if you see what I mean, you know, on the other side of the world and a different culture and whatever. And, and the world of Yakuza, despite all its fancifulness and absurdity at times, does at its core really conjure up, as uh, as our correspondent so eloquently said, sort of the, the feel of the, the town, the pavements, the sidewalk of Japan. Then once you're there within that, you've got this bizarre mishmash of... Japanese arcade staples and 
scrolling beat-em-ups and rpgs and it kind of brings all these weird genres together you've almost got bits which were like sort of um yeah just purely narrative driven games as well and you've got this epic sprawling crime saga um that yeah can veer wildly from fairly serious dark violent stuff to completely ludicrous comedy at the flick of a wrist the drop of a hat uh it's a lot yakuza i and and i totally get why some people are head over heels madly in love with it which isn't something that i feel but i do appreciate so much about the overall experience of these games uh to the point that again as soon as i finish this one i'm firing up the next one thinking well where do i get to go and how many restaurants can i complete i like like i like completing restaurants and looking at the photos of the food and all this stuff uh stuff that isn't necessarily that kind of revolutionary gameplay wise or or anything like that but uh but just <laughs> do you know what um thinking about sort of the uh hearing games in your head i'm just hearing that coin ching sound that this game gives you a lot whether you're picking yeah. up money or uh spending spending money in a in a shop or a restaurant or whatever there's uh there's quite a lot of of the audio which just uh compels me to keep doing stuff and and get those nice little bits of audio buzz from it and yeah and smacking people in the face which you do spend a lot of time doing really uh spectacularly filmed and presented heat moves spectacularly violent a lot of the time but in a way that isn't probably a way that's going to distress or upset too many people although yeah you might your, your take on that might be different depending on your tolerance for these things uh, it is a violent game um, so yeah, overall, I like Yakuza Kiwami 2, and I would recommend that people try it out. Certainly, if like me, you intend to keep on playing through the series to see what it does and where it goes, and what all the wacky extra content is, then uh, then obviously it's just part of that journey. So yeah, and as we said, if you have Game Pass, it's on there. You don't even need to spend any money on it. Mikiel, Yakuza 2, no Kiwami. Yeah, it's a. Uh... Of course, the second Yakuza game that I've played all the way through. And it's tough because these games, as you also have uh, gone into, just encompass so much, really. So it's it's really tough to kind of neatly sum it all it up is. together. Um, let's put it this way. Both the first part and the second part, to a larger degree, are games that are just genuinely a good time for me, you know? Uh, there's there's a lot of uh, unexpected things happening along the way once you play through them. There's a lot of uh, yeah, just memorable moments in them. And I yeah, by playing part two, uh, it definitely didn't discourage me from wanting to continue to play through the rest of the series. And I look very much forward to that moment where I can sit down and play part three. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's as as succinct as I can really <laughs> sum it up. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. If you want to know what Mikhail really thought, watch all yeah, 14 watch parts. Yeah, about, uh, watch about, uh, yeah, like 30 hours of uh, streaming. And, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, for for every every little moment. Yeah. Why not? Okay, Brian. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say a lot of the things that uh, you and and uh, you two and Leah, I'm sure, will say next. Um, uh, so in in spirit of trying not to repeat myself or say the same thing over and over again. I just love 
the zaniness of these games to where I'm willing to go on a ride with them that maybe I wouldn't give other games the leeway to take me. Um, there are certain issues I have with this game. I personally think this is the um, my least favorite or the, or the weakest or how, whatever uh, of the four Yakuza titles I've played. But there's still so much here that I love. Um, and despite the reservations I have about this, some of the story things that we talked about earlier and, and whether it be the the nationalism stuff or the, the misogynistic things, um, and I certainly do have issues with those. I, I think there is a real heart to these games that a lot of other games don't have. Mm. Um, and I also think that these games, like so many other of my favorite series, they're just they're so unique, and I don't think you can find this experience anywhere else. I think you'll know pretty quickly whether or not these games are for you once you kind of figure it out. And these games are just they're just for me. Um, I, I like the vibe. I like the humor. Um, I like how wacky it can get and how self-serious it can be and there's nothing else quite like them so i i'm just i'm kind of like full on in now i know that i'll i'll i like i said i have all the the other four i have not played um installed on my um on my xbox and um because of a of a pretty deep discounted sale today um the the first judgment game is on its way to me right now too uh, yeah. so i'm i'm pretty much in for whatever uh, ryugatoku uh, studio puts out in the future and uh, I really look forward to see how not just what they do in the future, but how my own journey with Yakuza evolves. And and I, my plans are, I'm assuming that I, I wrap a bow on Death's Door tonight, um, Yakuza 3 is probably going to be the game I start tomorrow. Okay, well, make sure you still remember it by the time we get around to our podcast. <laughs> okay, uh, thanks, Brian. Let's finish with Leah. Uh, pro, pro tip, Brian, by the way, uh, that same studio also did that Fist of the North Star game uh, that came out a couple yeah. of years ago. So, Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. The, okay. Yeah, it's a kind I'm, of, uh-huh. it's a kind of um, Yakuza by proxy, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, so it seems. I haven't actually played it yet, but yeah. I've, I've watched a little bit and um, I've been watching Fist of the North Star. So oh. um, there you go. Okay. Yep. Put it on the list. Uh, it's if it isn't it's in my future. I sure will. Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, I... Um, I, I think that you can probably tell, given how effusive I have been in my praise for the Yakuza series on basically all of the social medias, that even though I've only played three games in this series, I'm just deep in at this point. Like it, Very similar to what Brian was saying, this series just works for me. I really like the tonal shifts that it does because everything about it just feels kind of right. Like it, To me, the 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 really self-serious melodrama works just as well as Majima sitting on a floor in front of a bomb commanding some dude to cut a wire based on just his intuition I, it all fits to me and i i really enjoyed picking my way around Kamarocho again and i'm sure that i will the next time that i play one of these games and Etc. 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 I'm I'm just gonna keep going on them. So um, play the hostess mini games if you are into that kind of thing at all. Um, either you'll really like it or you will fall off of it. Apparently, I I guess that's that's how these things work. But um, yeah, I I do recommend, uh, especially if you've played the other Yakuza games. But I don't even think that this would be a terrible game to start with. Um, mm-hmm. I. I, I don't think that I'd recommend it as my first choice, but you could if, if there's just something about this that really appeals to you. Mm. Uh, if you do happen to have access to Game Pass, 
then you've really got nothing to lose at this point uh, other than a little bit of your time. So yeah, if you've made it to this point and anything you've heard has sparked some interest in you and you haven't played these games already, I say go for it. Um, I, I really, I, I can't wait to see what Kiryu gets up to next. Mm-hmm. Yes, and we'll hopefully all enjoy that together at some point next year, all being well. The plan is to continue the series. Maybe we'll do another couple next year and then we can catch up with the series in 2025 or something like that. (laughs) That's good to have a plan. It is. So it remains for me, Leon, to thank Brian, Leah, Mikiel, Editor Jay and our correspondents, plus you for listening. Next time in issue 480, the space hunter becomes the hunted in the original Metroid.